there's a lot of pictures there that we can't explain, but let me explain this to you, that what we do down there, what Ivy Creek is involved in and what we're able to do, we couldn't do without translators who are there for us to be able to interpret for us and, and help us along the way that, that are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they are there for the same mission that we're there for. Without the pastors that are there in Guatemala City to direct us in the, in the places that we need to go. So it is truly a combined effort of, of many of us that are working together for the sole purpose of sharing Jesus Christ. I want to show one other picture, this picture right here. Um, you remember a few weeks ago, I told you after I got back about what we had done on that last day, and Tim referred to it earlier about, you remember I told you that we, we drove a little van down through a quarry, and it looked like we were out in the Old West and, and, and seeing all of the mesas and everything, and then we got down to the bottom of the quarry, and then we went back about 100 yards, and we were in jungle, and then we, we trekked back through the jungle and crossed some river and on the big swinging bridge that we were going back and forth, and I was a-rocking as I went through that thing, and we also crossed over some rocks and went back in, and we got to this house, and this is the house where Lillian, who is right there in the middle, she's leaned up against against the post, and her husband was there, and their kids were there, and that's the woman who, who looked at me and through the translator said, I've never heard of this Jesus before. Now, I told you, as an adult who's shared the gospel and been in the ministry for, for 27 years, it's the first time that I'd ever had an adult, an adult in my life, tell me that they didn't know who it was that I was speaking about when, it, when I was talking about Jesus. And I think it took all of us by surprise. So we were able to go back and share the gospel with her. She, along with her husband, prayed to receive Christ. And here's why I love this picture. is because in that yellow shirt over there is Jorge. He's one of the pastors there in Guatemala City. And he has come back along with, along with others who are part of that church there in La Planeta. And they have come back into that, into that remote village and they are now beginning to disciple Lillian and her husband. And here's another one. This gentleman right here, the day that I met him, I thought he was on his deathbed. He had just come back from being in a hosp hospitalized. He was on oxygen. I, I honestly didn't know if he would make it through the night. He wasn't really interested in what we were saying. He believed himself to already be a Christian. But here's the thing. It's not my responsibility to, 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 to understand everything going on in his heart. It's my responsibility to present the gospel. But do you see who's now at that Bible study as well? He's come into there as well. This picture, I've printed it off. It's going to be in my office because it represents exactly why we do what we do. We do what we do not because my, my face is not there. My girls' faces are not there. Our faces don't need to be there. What we see, though, is the mission that we're involved in doing exactly what it's supposed to. We go on site. We share the gospel. We flew back to Georgia. We've been here ever since. But the mission continues to happen right there with the discipling that goes on. Jesus said, go into all the world and do what? Make disciples. How do we do that? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them whatsoever things I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always to the end of the age. That's what that picture represents for me, and I just wanted to share that with you this morning. So I hope that you've been encouraged by what you've seen, and I hope that it has been beneficial to you this morning. And I thank you for your attention, and I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share that, and I thank 
all the rest of our team do as well. So thank you so much. I know the time is late, but I want you to also know this too. This is an opportunity because of what we've seen presented for us here is really an opportunity for me to be able to share very briefly with you this morning what I believe is a very important thing for us to be reminded of. The Apostle Peter, when he wrote his second epistle, said something along the lines there in, first, in, in the first chapter that what he was engaged in was to remind those things that, those, that the church already knew to whom he was writing. He says, I remind you of these things even though you already know them and are firmly established in the truth that you now have. He says, nevertheless, I think that it is the right thing for me to do to refresh your memory. Listen, I have to do this with my kids all the time. My wife has to do it with me. All of you have to do it with one another. Sometimes you need to be reminded of the things that you need to do. It's not just enough to tell somebody something one time. It's important that we be reminded. This is what this purpose is for us this morning, is to be reminded, number one, of, of what it is that we're called to do, why we're called to do it, and how we go about it. In fact, that's the title to my sermon today, and I'm going to take my passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. It's a, ver- it's a passage that we've looked at before, but again, this is a reminder Sunday. It's an opportunity for us to be reminded of what's important to us. And I want to read those verses for you there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for the people of God. I want to take just a few brief moments this morning to try to explain to you how I feel like this passage explains those three questions, provides answers to us for those three questions, the what, the the why, and the how. And, 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 and I'm going to give you my sermon in a sentence up front because I think it really summarizes everything that we need to know. And it's really this. As believers, our ministry is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus from a heart of compassion and a life of service. That's what our responsibility is. It's to proclaim the gospel from a heart of compassion and a life of service. And I want to unpack that for you and, and let you see just briefly how these three questions are dominated, and and really should be in the forefront of our minds on a regular basis in our everyday lives. And the first question, the the what are we to be doing, I've rephrased it and packaged it this way this morning, is this, what is our mandate? What as believers is our mandate according to this passage? Well, recognize that it's talking, Paul is talking to believers here, and he sets it up as this. He he talks to those, according to verse 6, those for whom the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ is shown into our hearts. That's who we are as believers. It, we once were in darkness, but Jesus Christ, the light of the world, has shown His light into our lives. He's changed us. He's ignited the flame within us. And so now we are those whom the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ has shown into our lives. That's, so that, that's, the, that's the ones to whom Paul is writing. And notice what he says in verse 1. He says, we have this ministry. 
In other words, there is something that we have been called to do. In light of what we have experienced, in light of the blessing that has come into our lives, we have a mandate. It's given to us, as I quoted for you earlier, from Matthew 28, verse 19, where Jesus says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, make disciples. We have this responsibility. He says it this way in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, let that light that is in you so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So there's something in us that has to reflect its way out. That's our mandate. That's the first thing we see. Why is that such an important thing? That really, that, that, that's our, our mission, but what, what is it, what's the value of it? Why are, we, why are we called to do that? That's the second question that's there. The why is what is our motivation for doing that? Well, first of all, our motivation is because our, our Father has sent us into the world to do this. It's obedience to the Lord. It's obedience to Christ, the one who has saved us and given us the light that we have within us. But, but notice what Paul says there. It, even more than that, we need to consider it from this perspective. Verses 3 and 4, Paul says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. That is such a harsh, horrible word. To those who are perishing. Listen, to perish means to to be, it it, it brings to mind destruction. It brings to mind ruination. If we look at it from the perspective of of biblical understanding of perishing, it means those who, who will be permanently and eternally separated from God and punished it forever because of their sins. And that is such an awful way, awful thing to understand. That's the bad news. It's the bad news that every single human being apart from Christ has that guilt laid upon them. That apart from Christ, they will perish. But here's the good news. God demonstrated His own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, good news is that Jesus Christ has come to remedy that which is broken in our lives. And, and because of that, it's why we read John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not what? Perish. That's right. But have everlasting life. What is our motivation for carrying out the mandate of sharing the gospel? Is so that men, women, boys and girls who are hopelessly and helplessly lost with the condemnation of God hanging over them because of their sin can come to know the light that you and I have come to know and that our lives might impact theirs and they be able to understand and be able to embrace that same gospel message that we have embraced. So that's our mandate. That's our motivation. Third question, what's our map? What's our, what's our strategy? How do we get there? How, what, in what way do we get there? Now, collectively as a church, we, we've, we've partnered with Guatemala and we've, we're, we're, we're looking and, and helping to partner with, with Small Point Baptist Church up in Maine. And, and we've, we've been to Kenya and we continue to look for opportunities there that, that's going to allow us. That's a map from a from a perspective as, as far as a, 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 an organizational standpoint. But this morning, I think it's important that you as an individual think about what's my personal map? How is it that I can be involved in that which is going on? Yes, organizationally here at Ivy Creek, but maybe, maybe God is calling you something specific. Can I just give you a, maybe a couple of, of, of ideas of how that... Paul says it this way. He says that... This, he says that, that We do not preach ourselves, verse 5, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, notice, your bondservants for Jesus' sake. 
Paul takes everything back to the map of how he was going to carry out the mandate that he was motivated to carry out. He carries that out through, through service, through offering himself as a bondservant. He's writing to the church in Corinth. He, he says, I'm, I'm your bondservant for Jesus' sake. In other words, I serve you as I serve Christ. I, I belong to him, so therefore I'm going to take the steps necessary to serve you as he uses my life to impact yours. I think that begins to open up for us how the map begins to play out for each of us in our own lives. Let me state it a different way. It's my conviction, based upon Scripture, that those who know the Savior intimately, those for whom the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ is shown in their lives, those who know the Savior intimately must be the very ones who proclaim the gospel boldly while loving their neighbors passionately and serving them selflessly. Let me state that again. Those who know the Savior intimately must be the very ones who proclaim the gospel boldly while loving their neighbors passionately and serving them selflessly. You see, apart from from serving others, apart from finding practical ways of interacting with others for the purpose of of sharing Jesus with them, then the mission that we're called to, the, the what, the mandate that we're called to, And the values that we say that we have, that we claim, the the, the motivation that that lies underneath it, well, it has no visible strategy to be carried out in our lives. And so let me just give you a few practical things, and then we'll come to a close this morning. A few practical ways that I think every single one of us in this room can begin to fully fulfill that which God has called us to fulfill is the first thing is I would say this, take an interest in people. Take an interest in people. That may seem so silly and so, so just simple to say, but you might be surprised at, at just how many opportunities already exist in your field and in your realm of opportunities to just take an interest in someone for the express purpose of going, God, would you might see fit to use me and the relationship that's already there that I might be able to share the gospel with them? You know... Not everybody's called to go to Guatemala. Not everybody's called to go to Africa or even Maine. But all of us, all of us are called to share the good news that we have that's already shown into our hearts with people right around us. We don't have to go on the other side of the world. We can begin right next door with our neighbors and our family and our friends to take an interest to them, to get to know them, to get interested in their lives for the express purpose, not of of anything else, but because you care about them and you care about their future. Take an interest in them. Don't just take an interest in them. The next little simple step that you can do is invite them to come to church. Now, don't do it this way. Don't say, you need to go to church. (laughs) They do. They do, okay? But that's not how you start it. Say, listen, can I come pick you up and bring you to church with me? Can... Can your family meet with my family? And maybe, hey, after church is over with, we'll go to lunch. We'll have you to our house. You see what that begins to do? It begins to bridge the gap. It begins to bring those folks into your circle. It it means that you are giving of yourself to someone else for the express purpose of developing a relationship that opens up that bridge that you can begin to walk across to share the gospel with them. Just take an interest in people. Invite them to church. 
Here's, here's something else. Find a way to volunteer to serve. Now, I don't just simply mean that this is not a self-serving sermon to just try to get you to sign up for something that's going on here, but there are opportunities here, ways that you can be actively engaged in serving the Lord by serving others here at Ivy Creek. But this is what I would encourage you to do. Begin to pray about God. What burden do you have, have you placed upon my heart? What kind, of, what kind of abilities and giftings have I been naturally gifted with that you might choose to use for your glory? And then pray that God would open those opportunities up for you and make it very clear and then walk through that process. That's the map for you personally as God begins to impress upon you, hey, I want to become involved in that. We talk about going to Guatemala and getting in the schools and being able to present the gospel in schools. And we think, wow, that's such a radical thing. We can't do that here in the United States. Yes, we can. We do it regularly here, here in this community, here at, in Gwinnett County Schools. We go in after school hours to those who, kids who sign up and want to come in. It's called the Good News Clubs. And we're able to share the gospel with them right there. Maybe that lights your fire. If it does, talk to Dave. He'd be glad to get more information to you about that. Our Awana Club kicks back off here this coming Wednesday night. There's going to be hundreds, maybe thousands, I don't know, hundreds. There's going to be, there's going to be wads of kids on this church campus that we're going to be able to share the gospel with. Many of you have the talents and the abilities to look, share the gospel with those kids and disciple them and teach them the Bible. Many other opportunities avail my point is not to be able to map it out for you individually. That's your responsibility as you make yourself open before the Lord. But those things are so important to be engaged in the ministry that Christ has commissioned you to be involved in. You've got the brochure that will be available to you to show you what, what 2023 mission trips are going to be coming up. Take one of those. Read over them. Pray about it. See if God might want you to be involved in that. So here's, here's the question. How are you doing with those things? If you're honest, how are you doing with all of those issues that I just asked you about? Are you inviting others to church? Are you, are you taking an interest in someone? Are you actively praying about someone in your life right now that you can share the gospel with? And are you taking every opportunity to, be, to take an interest in them and be their friend for the express purpose of trying to win them to the Lord? Are you volunteering yourself to serve? Taking every opportunity that's available to you to share the light of Christ with others. Praying that God will open doors for you to become more involved in the life of the church and the work of the kingdom. Listen, if you can't answer those questions in the affirmative, then may I ask you why not? What possible reason could you have because according to what we just read this morning, if you claim to be and if you are a part of the body of believers who says that the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ has shone into my life and I was once lost and headed for, for eternal punishment in a place called hell until the gospel came in and radically transformed me and gave me hope and gave me life. If that's your testimony this morning, then how in the world could we ever possibly withhold that good news from anyone else? How could we not become bond servants for, for your sake and also for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ? Maybe, maybe this morning it requires the question, I need to find out and need to make for sure that, that my life has been radically transformed by the gospel. 
Because, you see, those whose, whose lives have never been set aflame, maybe they don't feel the urgency. So maybe today you need to question. Maybe you came here this morning and all this sounds a little weird to you. I want you to know on the authority of God's Word, if you will confess your sins and repent of them and place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, a flame will be ignited inside your life. The Holy Spirit of God will come into your heart and radically transform you. And so I invite you to that this morning. Maybe that's the very first step that needs to take place. But if that is your testimony that you've been saved, then the second thing I would say to this, find some time to get alone with God and ask Him to fan that flame that is there, to help you find the map that He has prepared for you, that you can begin to move forward with that motivation of, of a heart of compassion and an obedience to the Lord, and then fulfill the mandate that He's given you of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Because Paul finishes this way, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, this is the Word of God, and it is for the people of God. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the opportunity to be able to share with our church family this morning the wonderful things that You have done this summer in the lives of many of us in this room. But but Lord, how you are continuing to work as a result of their prayers and their support in places like Maine and in places like Guatemala. And Father, those are just two spots, two little small spots on the face of this globe. Lord, I know that you also want to do great and wonderful things in, in people's lives who live right here in Buford, right here in our area. So Father, my prayer today is that as we consider the mandate that you've called us to and the motivation why we should be doing it and the map, the strategy that you want each of us individually and collectively as a church to go, that you will empower us to do exactly that. We thank you for your blessings and we thank you for this morning and we thank you for the celebration of all of the things that we've been able to, to rejoice in today and the changed lives that have occurred. Now, changed lives here in this room for your glory and for your honor. In Christ's name I pray, amen.